Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the warning from Dr. Anthony Fauci that the coronavirus may never be fully eradicated. So what does that mean for the development of a vaccine? As companies say they could manufacture the first 100 million doses by December. Plus, California surpasses New York in coronavirus cases. The nation's most populous state hits a single-day record. Hub of espionage? The U.S. orders China to close its consulate in Houston, accusing the Chinese of stealing scientific secrets. China vows to retaliate and sets fires. Were they destroying evidence? Campaign 2020, America decides. Joe Biden calls the president's response to coronavirus racist as he reunites with former President Barack Obama to troll Trump in a video. Our interview with Bill Gates. How we'll know if a vaccine works and could an at-home COVID test be on the horizon? Concern for Kanye. The performer's erratic behavior has friends and family worried. Tonight, Kim Kardashian speaks out for the first time because of the stigma and misconceptions about mental health. And remember the story of a retired Marine who caught a toddler thrown from a burning building? Well, tonight, what the community is doing to thank him. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with some breaking news. California now exceeds every state in the U.S. in coronavirus cases, including the pandemic's original epicenter, New York. With the number of infections growing and the death toll rising nationwide, tonight the nation's leading infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, is issuing a sobering warning. The virus may never be fully eradicated. 
Now, in an effort to at least get it under control, several more states, including Ohio, Indiana, and Minnesota, as well as the cities of Baltimore and Washington, D.C., said they would mandate masks be worn nearly all of the time in public. And the NFL now says when it allows fans back into stadiums, they'll be required to wear masks, too. And tonight, the U.S. government says it will pay nearly $2 billion to two pharmaceutical companies in exchange for 100 million doses of a vaccine that's still under development. Now, if it works, the administration says Americans would be given that vaccine for free or at an affordable price. So as we come on the air tonight, the virus has killed more than 142,000 people in the U.S. and confirmed cases now top 3.9 million. That's more than one out of every four cases in the world. There's a lot of reporting to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is going to lead us off tonight from Miami. Good evening, Manny. Good evening, Nora. Ten hospitals here in Miami-Dade County report having one or no adult ICU beds available. Given the situation in the state, late this afternoon, the governor appeared to soften his stance on forcing all schools to reopen next month. If a school district needs to delay the school year for a few weeks so that everything will be in good shape... Have at it. Governor Ron DeSantis's change of heart on schools comes amid renewed urgency over Florida's hospitals. The governor says emergency managers are in the process of deploying up to 1,400 relief nurses around the state. Deaths, which initially lagged behind new cases, have now soared. Yet more families are in mourning. 19-year-old college student Jordan Bird, who was diabetic, died in Tallahassee. I miss him. I mean... He was just a gentle giant. California surpassed New York as the state with the most cases since the pandemic began, more than 400,000. In parts of Texas, like the Rio Grande Valley's Hidalgo County, Dr. Ivan Melendez says the situation continues to worsen. Can you even get new patients into the ICUs there? If, if someone dies, we get a bed. If someone dies, other than that, what happens to a new patient? very difficult. You have to creatively find other place to put this patient. The county had its deadliest single day yesterday, 49 people. CBS News has learned an internal CDC memo indicates nationwide cases in children are rising too, near the level of cases of patients 65 or older. Today, Dr. Anthony Fauci warned the virus may never disappear. I think we ultimately will get control of it. I don't really see us eradicating it. Across the country, the debate over wearing masks continues. I don't need to wear a mask for them to be safe. But today, Ohio, Indiana, and Minnesota, as well as Washington, D.C., and Baltimore, enacted mask orders. The Home Depot joined the list of retailers requiring customers to wear them. The NFL announced it will require them of fans, too, if the games are played at all. On the vaccine front, the government announced today a contract worth nearly $2 billion with two companies, including Pfizer, to provide 600 million doses. The companies have said that if their vaccine is proven safe and efficient, 100 million of those doses could be available by December. Nora? Manuel Bajorquez, thank you. 
Tonight, China is vowing to retaliate after the U.S. accused the country of hacking into companies doing coronavirus vaccine research and ordered its consulate in Houston to close. Now, this is a significant escalation in a growing conflict between the world's two largest economies, all made worse by the pandemic. Here's CBS's Margaret Brennan. Plumes of smoke tipped off firefighters that something was amiss at China's Houston consulate. When attempting to make entry, they were denied access to the facility. These images, which have not been verified, show people burning documents, a common practice when a diplomatic post is quickly abandoned. U.S. officials claim that Houston was a hub for espionage and that China recently escalated its theft of intellectual property from U.S. institutions. Hours earlier, the State Department ordered China's ambassador to shut down the Texas outpost by Friday. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. We are setting out clear expectations for how the Chinese Communist Party is going to behave. And when they don't, we're going to take actions that protect the American people, protect our security, our national security, and also protect our economy and jobs. And outraged Beijing threatened there may be consequences for expelling dozens of its diplomats. Tensions with Beijing have escalated since the pandemic began. Kung flu. It's a nasty, horrible disease that should have never been allowed to escape China. And President Trump's long-promised trade deal has stalled. I'm not interested right now in talking to China. China claims it is all unfair stigmatizing for political reasons. Now, sources tell CBS News that China's espionage has gotten increasingly brazen at medical facilities and universities. Accredited Chinese diplomats have even gotten caught trying to sneak into military bases in Florida and Virginia and at Houston's airport carrying fake IDs trying to help Chinese nationals board a chartered plane. Nora? Margaret, thank you. Now to a wave of violence sweeping many of the country's major cities. Fifteen people were shot outside of a funeral in Chicago Tuesday night, one of a series of dangerous drive-by shootings there, and elsewhere fueled by gang violence. Here's CBS's Jeff Pegues. Today, Chicago's top cop made a plea for the violence to stop. Put your guns down. And we got three people shot inside the funeral home. Tuesday's shooting attributed to feuds between the city's 117,000 gang members and combinations of drugs and guns. There has been a 50% increase in the number of shooting victims in Chicago compared to last year. In New York City, more than 77%. Atlanta, 31%. Among the victims there, 8-year-old Sequoia Turner. What are your thoughts about this senseless violence? I can't even gather my thoughts. I just feel like it could have been prevented. The spike in crime comes as police across the country face daily protests calling for reform. In New York City, that meant disbanding a plainclothes anti-crime unit often accused of being overly aggressive. We need to have precision policing. Eric Adams, who is Brooklyn, New York's borough president and a former cop, says that move was premature. You think that was a mistake? The dismantling was smart. But you need to rebuild after the dismantling. Leaving the question, how do you police communities which need police protection the most? Jeff Begay, CBS News, Washington. 
Citing that increase of violence in American cities, President Trump used a briefing on the coronavirus tonight to justify sending federal forces onto the streets of Portland and said he is sending others into Chicago. CBS's Weijia Zhang is at the White House tonight. Weijia? Nora, for the second night, President Trump held a coronavirus briefing alone, ignoring criticism that he should let the health experts do the talking. Late this evening, the mayor of Chicago said the president has already failed in responding to the pandemic and claimed he's diverting attention away by interfering in her city. Thank you very much. President Trump announced the administration is sending hundreds of federal agents to Chicago to curb violence as part of a new anti-crime initiative called Operation Legend. This rampage of violence shocks the conscience of our nation and we will not stand by and watch it happen. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has said she won't let federal troops terrorize her city. That's what we call tyranny and dictatorship. And we are not having it in Chicago. The move follows more than 100 federal officers decked out in camouflage storming Portland, Oregon. The Department of Homeland Security has also sent over 200 agents to Kansas City, 35 to Albuquerque, and plans to send more in the weeks ahead. Mr. Trump is promoting himself as the law and order leader as part of his re-election campaign and accusing presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden of planning to defund the police. Biden disputed that. I am opposed to defunding police. Matter of fact, I call for putting more money in. The president is also facing new questions about using his office for personal gain. CBS News has learned U.S. Ambassador to the U.K., Woody Johnson, tried to convince officials to move the British Open golf tournament to Mr. Trump's Turnberry Resort in Scotland. Johnson, a billionaire and co-owner of the New York Jets, was also investigated by the State Department watchdog for making racist and sexist remarks, which made embassy staff members uncomfortable. Tonight, President Trump said he never spoke to Ambassador Johnson about moving the British Open to the Turnberry Resort. For his part, Johnson said in a statement, he's always followed the ethical rules and requirements of his office and called those claims he made insensitive remarks false. Nora? Weijia Zhang, thank you. Joe Biden and former President Obama met face-to-face for the first time in months to team up on a new campaign video where they take turns hitting President Trump on his response to the pandemic. This is Biden unleashes his most direct attack yet on Mr. Trump's character. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. Joe Biden tonight calling out Mr. Trump as the country's first racist president. We have racists, and they've existed, and they've tried to get elected president. He's the first one that has. That's what he told a worker who expressed concern that the president blames China for the coronavirus pandemic. Meanwhile, Biden and his former boss reunited in a pandemic-style campaign video with masks, social distancing, and criticism of the current president. This guy has generated a sense out there that people are waking up to that he ran by deliberately dividing people from the moment he came down that escalator. Former President Barack Obama heaped praise on his former number two. You are going to be able to reassemble the kind of government that cares about people and brings people together. Aides say in the absence of traditional rallies, videos like this one are how Mr. Obama plans to help out. Ed O'Keefe, CBS News. You know what it's like to deal with foreign leaders. 
The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has committed more than $350 million for the development of diagnostics, therapeutics, and vaccines in the fight against the coronavirus. Earlier today, I asked Bill Gates what he makes of the results coming out from those early vaccine trials. We don't know if these vaccines will work. Uh, we don't know if they'll work to avoid deaths. We don't know if they'll work to avoid transmission. That's why we're working on so many first-generation vaccines. How do we know if these vaccines are working? And you'd like it to be very safe in all the populations uh, that you indicate it for, no side effects. And then you'd like it to avoid the individual who gets the vaccine getting sick. Where are we in terms of a rapid diagnostic test? You've talked about this a lot. It would be a test that is like an in-home pregnancy test. Where are those tests? Uh, in the next uh, two to four months, some of those tests will get approved. Now, they won't be as accurate uh, as the PCR, which is a molecular test. And so over the next few months, we have to up PCR capacity. We have to get results back in 24 hours. We need both. And the lag times that we have today are completely unacceptable. It's making most of our tests uh, pretty much worthless. The president said just this weekend that the U.S. has the lowest mortality rate in the world. Is that factually correct? Not at all, not even close. I mean, uh, by almost every measure, uh, the U.S. is one of the worst. Why are we one of the worst? We actually had criteria for opening up that said you had to have cases declining, and we opened up with cases increasing. We have schools all in the midst of this decision about how to get kids safely back into the classroom or whether to learn totally online. How can we do it safely? The big challenge here is how to get the teachers and the staff in uh, and to avoid those kids being a source of infection as they go back into their households. This next academic year does hang in the balance on top of the learning deficits we have uh, coming out of last year. So, I, you know, I'd put that uh, after the deaths as the, you know, next biggest cost. One of our viewers texted us this question. His name is Eric. He's actually from Washington State, where you are. And he asked, would you send your children to public school in this current situation? If the school is being careful, then yes. Uh, now, if they live in a multi-generational household, you know, where you have old people that they're exposed to, you have to look how hard would it be for you to reduce the you know, grandparents' exposure to those kids. We do need to remember it's mostly the transmission into the older people that drives these, you know, really horrific uh, deaths per day. Bill Gates, thank you so much for joining us and for all of the information. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. And you can see more of our interview online at cbsnews.com, including Gates's response to a debunked claim that he wants to use a vaccine to implant microchips. Bipolar disorder affects an estimated 7 million Americans, but many still have misconceptions about the condition. Today, reality TV star Kim Kardashian West made a public plea for compassion for her husband, Kanye West. Here's CBS's Jerika Duncan. Concern about the mental health of rapper Kanye West grew after his first presidential rally Sunday in South Carolina. 
He erroneously claimed abolitionist Harriet Tubman did not actually free enslaved black people. Jesus had the slaves go work for other white people. Many in the African-American community expressed outrage. Today on Instagram, his wife, Kim Kardashian West, asked for compassion and empathy for those with mental illness, saying he is a brilliant but complicated person and has to deal with the pressure and isolation that is heightened by his bipolar disorder. You have all the money and the resources, but that doesn't change the fact that your illness has impaired your ability to get help. Psychiatrist Dr. Sue Pharma says bipolar disorder can cause heightened emotions and impaired judgment. I think it's really important that celebrities come out and say, hey, this is an issue. I want to bring awareness to it. Jerika Duncan, CBS News, New York. A former high school football star is being welcomed home after a last-second catch that saved a child's life. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlin. The catch of a lifetime. A former wide receiver saving a three-year-old whose mother tossed him from a burning building in Phoenix a millisecond before the child would have hit the ground. God put me on this platform. He put me in the right place at the right time. Philip Blanks honored this week by his hometown of Kalamazoo, Michigan, a college scholarship created in his name. The retired Marine reluctant to take credit, saying the boy's mother, who didn't survive, made the real sacrifice. I wouldn't be here without Rachel Long, who is a true hero. And yet Phillips knows it's the greatest catch he's ever made. Janet Shamlian, CBS News. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, how these twins are keeping children safe after a near catastrophe in a swimming pool. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.